calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hey, everybody. Oh, my God. You thought. You thought. No. Nope. No more podcast. Incorrect. Ha! Here forever. <laughs> forever. You've been had. Forever pod. Forever pod. Um, hey, we're going to make this intro brief. We are doing, we are rolling into a curtain call episode where we, I think it's quite fun, actually. We talk about the future. Kristen was editing this episode and she texted me and said it's her favorite it's episode of Buffering the Vampire Slayer ever. It just like sounds like two girls who have known each other for like. <laughs> 15 years who have been podcasting for six just having a blast it's a good listen i think and i you know me i don't even like podcasts i know (laughs) um but a couple of quick things before we roll into this uh very special curtain call episode uh we have cd box sets the complete collection of songs from Buffering the Vampire Slayer in a gorgeous box uh, designed by the folks at Delicious Design League in Chicago. Uh, that box is for sale right now, and it is for pre-order. This is really important. The pre-order is going to be up in our store, our U.S. store, through October 17th. That is this coming Monday. We may have extra box sets after that pre-order is done, but we're using the numbers from your orders to order these boxes. So please, if you definitely need one, you need to go there and get one before the end of the day on Monday. Okay, bufferingthevampireslayer.com. Just click on store. It's only in the U.S. store. It will only be available in the U.S. store. These CD box sets are so beautiful. Oh my God, they look amazing. They come with a beautiful booklet, jam-packed full of photographs and little words <laughs> that we wrote. Little words, big words, medium words. Little words, big words, yep, yep, yep. 25 cent words, nickel words, the whole thing. Um, we also are making it available because we know some of you have been collecting the CDs as we go. So we have made the the box set available in two ways one the whole shebang all seven seasons plus once more with once more with feeling all together in beautiful box however if you already have seasons one through six and you just need seven and once more with once more with feeling we have a partial box set available for you and if you bought one of the first 100 copies of songs from season one which is 
a little too big <laughs> to fit in uh, and does not it's not the same size as all the other season one cds and beyond uh we will hook you up as needed so that you can just have a perfect yeah set and feel very satisfied basically anyone who buys the partial set is also just going to get another copy of season one just to make sure that it fits properly yeah. in its box uh yeah we, we care about you we worry about you and we want you to have the best these are going to be shipping out for the holiday season this year so also if you're like what should i get the person who has everything well now you know uh <laughs> jenny and i are also signing every single box so they will all be signed by us as well um again buffering the vampire slayer.com just click on store monday october 17th is when that pre-order is going to close um so get there and get yourself one if you want one okay um we have a patreon it is not going anywhere um and it is still very fun uh in november and december it's true, it's true. In November and December, we will be doing uh, two different Buffy watches. Uh, so, you know, of course, you know, we're going to be watching a men's in December because clearly, clearly we're going to see it snow and clearly we're going to see Faith bring over some crappy gifts. And in November, Jenny, what are we watching in November? You picked a birthday episode, didn't you? Uh, yeah, my birthday's in November, as you may be aware from listening <laughs> to the podcast. And I selected a Buffy birthday episode. We're going to be watching a new man. We're going to get Demon Giles. We're going to get... Riley, we're going to get wow. the bitch monster of death. Uh, this episode has it all. <laughs> we're going to be watching that together in November. Yes. Uh, so patreon.com slash buffering cast or, you know, our website. It's all on our website. Um, also, hey, speaking of Patreon, here's a thing. And we'll be talking about this more, of course, as time moves forward or backwards. Honestly, whichever direction time moves, we'll probably still talk about this. We are trying. <laughs> Bold of you to assume that time moves and is not just Standing everywhere still. all at once doing its thing. <laughs> Uh, in 2023, we're trying something. We're taking a big jump and we're attempting to go ad free. Uh, so we have a new tier on our Patreon. Uh, it is $15 a month and it is specifically for folks who are able to support independent media and support our endeavor to go forward with no advertisers. Uh, the podcasting space is getting kind of scary for folks like us because all of the big men with their big suits have realized that this is kind of a, a good deal. And so they're elbowing a lot of us a little bit out of the way. Um, and we don't like it. And we know that we have a pretty strong community here. And a lot of you really support saying fuck the patriarchy. So <laughs> if you want to help us say fuck the patriarchy and you want to support all of the work that we will be doing uh, in 2023 and beyond, go over to patreon.com slash bufferingcast and uh, support us at that level. Or if you're a $2 patron and you want to just add a buck or go over to the $5 level, like that all counts. That all adds up and it all helps us do what we do here. Speaking of doing what we do here, <laughs> it brings me bittersweet pleasure to deliver unto you the results of the very last Sexual Attention Awards. Oh, no. Oh, no. What do we got? Let me tell you all about it. From Chosen in fourth place, <laughs> nobody, <laughs> the, the, the fandom has spoken, and they said, no daddies together, please. Giles and Robin, 5% of the vote. No daddy uh, for daddy love allowed. Boo <laughs> to this ranking, but also stiff, competition in this episode uh in third place 
two of my faves to be seen together. It's Faith and Wood. I This is not the kind of surprise that I had in mind mm -hmm. from uh, Wood to Faith. Surprise, we're in third place, but <laughs> it is what it is. In second place, uh, this does seem like the most... Um, what's the I'm trying to think of a word other than orgasmic to say, but there is no other word. This is definitely the most orgasmic looking thing that happens in the episode. 25% of the vote in second place. It's Willow and Magic. Oh, her goddess, you know. Oh, her goddess indeed. Uh, and in first place, with a whopping 56% of the, I think that I without fail say with a whopping <laughs> every time I say who is in first place, no matter what they have going on. 58% of the vote, it's a little ketchup, a little mustard, a little mayo, a little relish. It's Buffy, Angel, Spike, and oil of some kind. My God. Check out our socials if you want to see the most epic Photoshopping ever done by Emily McLongstreet, who took the heads of Buffy and Angel and Spike and put them on the bodies of Dawn Denbo and her lover, no. Cindy. Uh, lube wrestling on the L word. I mean, it's truly all of our interests and some of our non-interests combined. <laughs> Yeah, I would I would call that the opposite of my interests mixed with my interests. Uh, oh, speaking of Emily McLongstreet, old brackets McLongstreet is at it again with the season seven sexual attention award brackets. The first round is live and you can vote in that first round through October 13th. If you just go to bufferingthevampireslayer.com slash S-T-A. Yeah. Emily always goes above and beyond uh, to places you never even thought, you never even dreamed you might go uh, in terms of coming up with images to represent <laughs> each of the nominees in this bracket process. It's really something to behold. It's really something. There's an incredible Anya and Butts collage. There's um, right now. <laughs> so casually. The there's an incredible Anya and Butts collage. <laughs> there's, there's like an incredible dead heat between, I think, Xander, Andrew, and Scott Bakula versus Andrew and the ghost of Patrick Swayze really going toe-to-toe -to -toe in there. So get over there, yeah. vote in the first round. That link, if you listen to this too late, it will take you to wherever, whatever round we're at. So we'll be figuring out who wins season seven, and you should really pay attention to what's going on because after that, Brackets has the biggest lift of all. We're finding out who wins the whole fucking series. The Ultimate Sexual Tension Awards. <laughs> See, series Y. Yeah, Jenny, can you add some more like uh, guitar shredding over the Sexual Tension Awards jingle to usher us into yeah, the yeah, final? Yeah. Um, okay, the last thing before we get into this episode here is that clearly we are at a crossroads, not to be confused with the movie starring Britney Spears, my beloved, uh, where we are... Ending buffering the vampire slayer, but beginning buffering a rewatch adventure. Um, if you're on Patreon, you've seen some of the new logo designs and some of the fun things happening. And if you're not, you're going to be seeing some rebranding happening here in the space. We talk about uh, our plans specifically inside of this episode. Uh, but the long and short of it is 
stay tuned. There's a lot of shit coming your way. And if you are not somebody, clearly if you follow us on social media, you'll be seeing all of the news and all of the things as, the, as it sort of unfolds. But if you're not on social media, go to our website, sign up for the mailing list. Uh, we don't really send regular newsletters, but whenever big news happens, um, we put something together. So if you don't want to miss that, sign up for the mailing list. And also, you know, hang out here in the space because this is the feed that we will be using for most of our future plans. We'll be dropping a, a bonus episode here and there in the feed, and also um, we'll be dropping a trailer for the new rewatch adventure in the coming weeks, uh, and we'll tell you more about all of our plans in episode. Yes! Cool. Well, um, let us go. Let's get, get Let's uh, go ready to like curtains. Kristen's favorite episode ever. To my Kristen Russo's favorite episode of Buffering the Vampire Slayer. I can't believe I can't believe we're just here talking into microphones as though we didn't end the podcast. I had a feeling no one can stop us, Kristen. We thought, you know, um, it would be good. We've been calling this our curtain call episode. Um, and, and, and the reason that it exists is because, you know, like the last episode, it was just like 400 people in a room, 1600 people online, eh, all howling out together. And it was beautiful and chaotic and live and loud. And that's wonderful. But um you know, it, it just felt like we wanted to, like, say a proper hello. Uh, we're still here. Are there any last things you want to talk about? We've done this journey for six years mm -hmm. and, like, have a have a calm little cozy hang uh, to yeah. to be the bow on this journey of ours. So we have I, – I don't know, Jenny. You know, Jenny and I usually have a format because we talk about the episode. <clears throat> uh, so we have, like, a little bit of a format today. Jenny has some uh, big questions for me and for herself about Buffy the Vampire Slayer that she's going to start us off with at the top. And then, I do? yeah, and then we're going to share, uh, I'm going to share some of your submissions. Mostly, um, I just picked a few of your beautiful, beautiful emails um, to read here. So we'll talk about feelings. Then uh, I thought Jenny, you and I could talk a little bit about music. Um, because that was such a big part of the pod. I'm always prepared to talk about music. Uh, and then we're going to talk about some of the future plans, which you likely already know about. But now we have a little more space to talk about it in more detail and answer a couple of your questions that you submitted. And then I have some feelings that I want to share with uh, Jenny about the journey that the two of us went on inside of the pod. I didn't get a memo that I was supposed to prepare any feelings you, about Kristen. So that's fine. That's fine. I can share my feelings with you and then you can respond to my feelings. And... <laughs> that does sound like our dynamic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, so well, let's kick it off, Jenny, um, with your superlatives is what you're calling them. Yeah. Uh, uh, slight correction. Actually, these are my supernaturalatives. <gasps> Ooh, good. Very good. Very good. So just adjust your notes accordingly, everyone. Mm -hmm. You can play along at home if you like. <laughs> I've just, I've just prepared a series of, uh, questions for Kristen and 
I've got some answers on my end, and mm. we'll just see how we do here. Jenny prepared the questions, so she also prepared answers. I have not heard the questions, so I may say things that I regret later. I may say things that I don't expect to say. I may say things that no one agrees with, including myself. I mean, who? Wh- let's. Ju- we'll just find out as we go. <laughs> I think uh, the world knows, and we all here at the podcast agree that it's best, Kristen, when you don't know what's coming. <laughs> The entire format for our future podcast about the X-Files, where Kristen will never know what's coming. Okay. Who was your favorite character before we started this watch? Mm. And who's your favorite character coming out of it? God, this is like wild. And I didn't, I did not think about this until you literally just asked the question. Because if you had asked me um, even a couple of months ago, I would have said my favorite character when I first watched the show was Spike. And my favorite character now that I've watched the show and done the pod is Anya. But Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in a dead heat, in the last fucking laps, I think that I landed back where I began. And I think that (laughs) I still choose Spike. And I love, I mean, I love Anya, but I like, I don't know. There was something about the richness of like our journey with Spike, um, especially in the pod space and like really unpacking some of the things that tripped me up a lot uh, with his character and the way his character was written that I just Mm -hmm. I I really feel um, very attached to his arc and him as a as a character uh, and seeing him in these last few episodes and like putting that puzzle piece together with everything else that came before it just um, feels really moving to me. So I think that he still is my number one. Um, But Anya is like, she's not even number two. She's like, she's like also number one, but just like one little hair behind Spike, you know? (laughs) And my second favorite is of course Don, because I'm the biggest Don fan. Uh So can't forget, can't forget my girl. Yeah. What about you, Jenny? Uh, well, when we started this watch, Anya was my fave, uh, long-runningly so. She rocks. Uh, she's still, uh, nestled deep in my heart. Um, but, you know, digging into stuff and seeing the, the episode from, or watching the series from various new vantage points and really digging into a lot of things, I've come... To regard the Buffy bot as my favorite character. (laughs) I love her so much. Protect her at all costs. A close second, Kristen Russo, Faith. Yeah, yeah. Faith is, yeah. I feel like I always enjoyed Faith, uh, but prior to this watch, um, I was watching, you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, a show where Buffy is the protagonist mm-hmm. and therefore is always like sort of understood to be like in the right. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. Totally. I mean, that's the thing. That's uh, what was wild about this journey is like when you spend this much time with a television show and its characters, you are just undoubtedly going to find out that you have more feelings than you thought you did before. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you want to say more about the Buffy bot? Like, do, do you want to elaborate on that answer? I just love her. She's just trying her best. <laughs> She's working with what she has. Uh, and she lives in a world where no one can truly understand her. Yeah, it's powerful stuff. Uh, and she's got everyone projecting their feelings about 
her predecessor uh-huh, onto, onto her. her. Do you it's a, do it's you a tough tough life? Do you think that singing as the Buffy bot uh, sort of like forged a deeper connection between you? One hundred percent. Because that's what I feel like I feel like that happened. <laughs> I'll never forget my time as the Buffy bot. <laughs> Uh, for for those, what is the song? What is the? It's lesson. No, it, it's a bargaining part one. Bargaining part one. Um, yeah. So for those of you who want to dip back in to hear Jenny as Buffy Bot, uh, you, you got to go back to bargaining part one. Maybe I'll throw a little clip in here for you, and you can hear some. Okay, Kristen, what character over the course of their entire arc would you consider most improved? Whatever that means to you. Oh, gosh. Okay. These are like, I just, again, want to remind everyone, I have not thought about these questions at all. And they are very (laughs) difficult because I think that this television show, if... If you were to like say what is the most incredible thing about this television show, I really think that an answer could possibly be the character growth. <laughs> like like across you know what I mean? Like they all um right now in my mind the two front runners are actually Buffy and Faith. Um as as top two and like I mean clearly Spike and clearly Anya are like way up there but I think that it comes down to um for I think that it comes down to Buffy or Faith for me as like the most improved and I and I think I might honestly give it to Buffy which is meant as a deep compliment to Faith because I think Faith moved past a lot of stuff but I think Faith was closer to herself at the start of the journey than Buffy was mm. to herself mm-hmm. at the start of the journey and so like Faith a clearly standing ovation for like the way that Faith has been able to learn how to communicate her feelings and like make connections with people and be vulnerable to people because that's massive massive work but I think Faith just had more of a hang on more of a hold on like who she was when she first hit the screen and I think that Mm -hmm. Buffy really did not and I think Buffy lost herself many times along the way um and I feel like you're telling me that she's cookie dough No, I think she's a fucking cookie, okay? Like, that's the thing. Now she's a cookie. At the beginning of the show, she, she was just an egg. She was, exactly. She didn't even have any flour or sugar or butter. She mm-hmm. was simply an egg. And, um, yep. uh, yeah, and I think she could have fallen. I think she could have fallen um, completely off uh, so many times and, like, came so close to doing that so many times. Um, and she mm-hmm. didn't. And And I think that by the end of... The series, I mean, that shot of her smiling, like just sort of like looking off. It's like that feels to me like Buffy and maybe a Buffy that like we had not gotten ever before. And so I think she I think I think she takes it for me. Kristen, I love that your interpretation of this prompt was like, what character has like 
become the best possible version of themselves from the inside out. Uh, my interpretation of this prompt was, who do I hate watching less now? <laughs> my answer is Dawn. I feel like nice. when Dawn first rolls up on the scene, she is intolerable. She's the human embodiment of nails on a chalkboard. Bless her. Because she's supposed to be. Right. Uh, but she grows and grows and grows and learns and trains and is a real little badass by the end of the series. Uh, and I love that for her. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I, I like that we came from different maybe uh, like co colorations of how we approached the question, but it feels very similar. It's like Dawn fucking Dawn grew so much. I mean, the girl wasn't even a girl at the beginning. She was a key. She was a key. <laughs> or whatever. Uh, great, great, great. And I like, there's, okay. a, this is a, these are questions I think where like, I always picture li people listening to the podcast in their cars. Um, so I feel like this is a question, these questions will like elicit people like yelling at their radios in the, in their cars because, you know, you, you could, the, you could, you could be, you could, Take us off our answers and put us on to somebody else pretty easily with this because of all the growth that happened um, mm -hmm. over the series. Okay. Uh, who is your series boyfriend? <sighs> pause for thinking. Pause for thinking. <laughs> Giles, final answer. Wow. He's mature. He is. He knows what he wants. He knows what he needs. And mm -hmm. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, I'm going Robin Wood. Yeah, that was my answer. That, my, my brain went there first. I was like, Rob, Robin? Robin? And then I thought a little longer and I wound up at Giles. Excellent answer. Uh, I think excellent answer. He's hot. He's... uh professional mm -hmm. he's uh, risen through the ranks of academia and student administration educational administration yeah mm -hmm. uh and he's uh, good at punchy punching and fighty fighting mm -hmm. wow and he has what an beautiful eyelashes. what an epic experience for us in the final episode to get to get to watch our two boyfriends fight yeah. together hand in hand <laughs> arm in arm uh the stuff dreams are made of yeah. Uh, okay. Mm? I almost said Faith. Like, I almost, like, I almost just immediately was like, Faith. Faith is my boyfriend. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that might, you might not feel like that applies to the next question, but who's your series girlfriend? Um, I need a minute. I have to think about this. Do you, oh, you don't want to answer first because you want me to answer first. I'll, I'll answer first so that you'll, you'll know that my series girlfriend is off limits. Oh, oh okay. No sharing. I get it. Okay. Who's your series? That's right. Who's your series girlfriend? My series girlfriend is Anya. Yeah. Great. Great, 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 great. Okay. Your series girlfriend is Harmony. Oh, a great girl. Your series girlfriend is Cordelia. Mm. Cordelia Your series girlfriend I guess is... Cordelia, Cordelia the thing with Cordelia <laughs> is like where I would like to have Cordelia be my girlfriend is like season two and three of Angel like yeah, it's over in LA over sure. in LA so I don't know if I get to pick her for my series girlfriend here 
Um, but I feel like the thing is, like, the reason that I'm, like, really chewing on this is because I feel like there's, like, an answer here that is not an answer that, like, any of us would expect, you know? Like, I feel like there's a character in this universe who I am not remembering who I would like to have as my girlfriend. I mean, I would not be mad if Riley Finn's wife, Sam, was my girlfriend. Mm. I think that out of everyone, she might have all of the makings of what I would like to see in a girlfriend. But um, yep, yep, yeah. And then I think I go. I think no, I don't. The thing is, I don't. I was like, I think I could go with Faith, but I don't like. I love Faith, but I don't. I don't want Faith to be my girlfriend. That's not how I feel about Faith. I want to uh-huh. like hang out and have a couple beers with Faith, you know, like that's how sure, I feel sure. about Faith. And you took okay. Anya, so yeah, I'll just go. I'm gonna go with Sam because okay, I, I don't, I don't know who. Do, do you think that I missed someone? No, I think Sam is the right answer. Okay, great. No one saw it okay. coming. <laughs> Okay, well, anybody who listened to our episode for that episode saw it coming, for sure, Kristen. <laughs> okay, fair, fair. Also, okay, second, uh, second answer, Olivia. Oh, yeah, okay, great call. Jenny Calendar. All right, there's some... There's some, yeah, there's some choices. There's some babes. Um, okay, close your eyes, Kristen, and think back across seven seasons of network television. Mm-hmm. And try to recall, if you can, your favorite prop in all of (laughs) Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, God. Oh, my God. How to do this? That's a wild question. The first prop that came to my mind was the fucking disembodied zombie hand, mummy hand. Wow, that's interesting. I had you down for Crystal Dildo, actually. Mm, Crystal Dildo is good. Crystal Dildo is good. Honestly, one of my favorite... Like, it depends on which angle you come from for favorite prop. Like, I think an epic prop is the floppy disk that falls between the desks. (laughs) Like, that's a a prop that does a lot of lifting. You know what I mean? Sure. (laughs) So it's a weighty prop. But then, like, the mummy hand is like, wow, guys, look at you. Look at you go. You're making this mummy hand do all this fun stuff. Faith's Mm -hmm. knife is really up there for me as, like, a favorite prop. Um, And, yeah, what do you got? I mean, I'm I'm just, like, chewing through some props right now. What what do you have? Oh, yeah, I'm going uh, clottering all the way. That ring brought a wet, naked (laughs) angel uh, crashing down (laughs) from a hell dimension into Vamp Mansion. Oh, God. Yeah. Cla- Naked as the day he was born and also as slippery. Yeah, the clotter ring is pretty good. Um, the punch fountain at the prom is very meaningful to me. Oh. I have a lot of feelings yep. about that prop. Um, yep, yep. <laughs> the, the Kristen s- Russo. She's got a lot of feelings about a lot of things. Even a punch fountain. It's like, because I thought about the, clearly, like, I was like, oh, the class protector umbrella. But I'm like, that's played, you know? Like, we know that, the clearly. But, like, I have more feelings about, like, the fountain in the background than I do. But it just, like, sets the scene. It, like, sets the scene for my feelings. The, um... The sign, the like uh, lesbian fucking sign that hangs at UC Sunnydale that Riley helps hang up. That's a good one. Ooh, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely don't have a favorite, but those are some. Those are the ones that, that my brain uh, popped up to the front of the line first. Fantastic. 
Continuing to cast an eye, a watchful eye, backwards over all seven seasons. What's the best outfit Buffy ever wore? Jesus Christmas. How do you expect people to answer these things? <laughs> Impossible. Okay. You know, everybody listening in their cars is screaming their answer. Yeah. I at mean, the speakers right now. My favorite Buffy outfit, I think, is the Prophecy Girl uh, outfit, is the white dress with the, with the leather jacket over the top of it. You know, I, I, I love it. It's like iconic and classic. It like is a throwback to um, the movie, which like, you know, I know that as a as a fandom, we reject the movie, uh, but <laughs> it's nice. I think it's just nice. It's like one of the only connective tissue things between the two conversations. Um, and it's just really beautiful. Yeah, that is actually exactly well, you left out one piece of the outfit. <laughs> your favorite that I included. <laughs> your favorite weapon. Which is a crossbow, <laughs> which a lot of people would not expect me <laughs> to include, but it's part of the ensemble. Mm-hmm. And from a fashion standpoint, I think it looks great. It really ties the whole outfit together. Yeah. Yeah, it's good Just shit. don't count on it in a fight, especially one at close range. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. It's good. Yeah. It, ha- it has to be like the most iconic Buffy outfit. It has to be. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And my second favorite Buffy outfit is when she wears all of her girlfriend's clothes to fight her girlfriend. Um, like, I I, <laughs> o- I always think that Faith is wearing red leather pants. Always. I'm like, and Faith is wearing red leather pants. And then I'm always surprised no, Buffy to remember. Them, so Faith yeah. can't wear them. Yeah, right. She didn't have them. She was like, God damn it. Ugh. I hate I hate being the same size pants as my girlfriend. Mm-hmm, <laughs> She's mm-hmm, always mm-hmm. taking my shit. <laughs> uh, okay. What is the location in Sunnydale mm. you'll miss the most? Wow. Okay. I mean, while I will miss the bronze and I will miss 1630 Ravello, I think honestly the location that I miss the most, and this only occurred to me having watched a couple of older episodes recently, is uh, Vamp Mansion. I I really, I really yep. miss like the Angel Drew Spike Mansion more than I think any yeah. location on set. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's on my short list. It's not my it's not my top. Okay, but it's there. All right, tell me. It's iconic. It's got a real friggin' look. And like such amazing shit happened in there, and that's such a particular time in the series. It's just so fun. Remember fucking mm-hmm. Drusilla's dolls? For God's sake! It's like I've like yeah, I do. We've gotten so far past that point that like when I think back to it existing I'm just so excited (laughs) I tried to narrow it all the way down but I'm still working with a tie okay my tie is between at one end of the spectrum the summer's living room Mm -hmm. place where it has all happened Mm -hmm. really Buffy in her cozy socks with her mom after she's so sad the first thing I thought of the first thing Mm mm-hmm Joyce, R.I.P. Glory rolling up to be like, here's a fireplace poker, and I'm gonna <laughs> twirl it menacingly. Uh, don't so many things. The body oh, swap. Everybody kicked Buffy out of her own house. The body swap happened in that living room. Oh my God! So many memories. Jenny, I don't know if you remember this, but also in that living room is where somehow the entire sweater of Riley Finn was hidden in in a couch cushion. <laughs> Listen, it's a deep, deep, deep couch. <laughs> Xander repaired uh, that window at least 12 times, you know? It's, yep, it's a good one. Yep, it's a yep. good one. And then at the other end of the spectrum, I have Spike's Crypt, 
Harmony era. Oh yeah, when the when the um unicorn poster is up on the wall, unicorns everywhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. That shit is good. That shit is very good. That's an excellent choice. Because Spike's crypt has had many incarnations. <laughs> like he had like yeah the Harmony era before Harmony. He still had his little crypt. It was more sparse. And then there was like the Buffy fucking era where. There were so many rugs, and he, like, redid the downstairs. He had an altar for a little while, which was creepy. Um, so, yeah, there was, there was a lot of – there's a lot of stuff that – Spike's been through a lot. He's, I think he's always had his little TV in there, though. Well, he's got he's to watch Passions. <laughs> I mean, clearly. <laughs> okay, so I have a, a few more questions, like the ones we've already examined, that are a little more, like – you know, open-ended, require a certain amount of consideration. But I also have, like, a little lightning round okay. that are, like, very, very, very yearbook. Okay. Um, So I want you to just say the first thing that comes, the first person who comes to your mind. Okay. Okay, for each one. Here we go. Best Eyes. Giles. Buffy Summers. Yeah, you're Best hair. correct. You are correct. Just, just for the record, Jenny is. <laughs> Thank you. Jenny is correct. Yeah. Uh, well, I had the advantage of premeditation. Yeah, okay. I know. I'm like trying to like cycle through all of their ha- all of their eyes and all of their hair. <laughs> okay, best hair, Angel. <laughs> <laughs> See, there's a little glory. Lost to- oh, glory. There's a li- there's mm-hmm. a little so there's a little something lost in translation with the first thing that pops into my head because it doesn't necessarily mean it's the best. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, nicest smile, <gasps> Willow. Robin Wood. Ooh, you went with sexy. I went with sweet. <laughs> okay, best all around. Um, do you want to know who literally, like, like who actually popped into my head first? Whomst? Riley Finn. And I think you did it. Like, I think you <laughs> programmed me because clearly no part of my brain thinks that. But that, like, without trying, it was just like, Riley Fence. <laughs> First answer, final answer, Kristen. Uh, Kristen's on record. Best all around, Riley Finn. I think because he has uh, like such like a like a Boy Scout energy, you know, like that. That's like mm-hmm. why he came to mind. Anyway, go ahead, Jenny, with an actual answer. Yeah, I had a uh, I had Clem for best all around. <laughs> oh, Clem. Yeah, that's, good. that's uh, good. Well, I'm really regretting the ordering of these questions now as I turn to you and ask most athletic. <laughs> Oh shit. Okay, I'm going Forrest, actually. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm going Riley. Remember when he was playing basketball? That's one of the many balls that he uh is really into. <laughs> and he was very aggressive he loves, on the court. He he loves nothing more than balls. It's true. Um but I think Forrest could take him. I think Forrest uh, might might actually outsport Riley if given the chance. Hmm. Uh RIP. It's possible. Forrest. R.I.P. Forrest. Uh, most likely to succeed. Faith Lahane. <laughs> I've got a tie between Cordelia and Anya. No. Oh, remember when they were friends? <laughs> <laughs> yes, for like one second. Yeah, but it was a good second. Okay, I I listen. Thank you for the lightning round. I don't hold me to any of my answers except for when I said Riley Finn mm-hmm. was the best all around, which you know you should get <laughs> printed and framed for all of your walls. <laughs> okay, I've just got three more. Okay, for your consideration, Kristen. Okay, I'm ready. First up, 
it's a it's a little bit of a sad boy. Uh, the gone too soon oh. Sunnydale character memorial award. I'm going Anya. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I think. Yeah, I mean, like you know, I wish that Joyce were still here, but. I between Joyce and Anya, I would say Anya because it was it just feels so unfair and so un so unresolved and so not necessary uh, yeah. from every angle. So yeah, Anya, is that yours too? Yes, uh, my four way tie <laughs> is Anya uh, for some of the same reasons. It's like oh. They might say, well, you're watching, uh, you know. God, also Kendra. Life's is not pop- fair. Ken- and it's like, I'm not watching life. Uh, I'm watching a TV show. Right, right. Kendra, I'm sure, is on your fucking four-way tie because Kendra is the, was clearly, I mean, we we barely knew her. And she was gone and she was awesome. Yeah, I've got Anya, Kendra, Tara. Remember her? I do. Fuck. And <laughs> R.I.P. Mr. Trick. Oh, yes. We just watched in uh, with patrons. We just watched uh, Band Candy. And I was like, man, every time Trick is on screen, I am just so delighted. And yeah, he was definitely so fun. That's a great quartet, Jenny. I I actually would like to get on board with that quartet myself. Spectacular. Speaking of getting on board. Who's the best bromance? Ooh, boy. All right. So is it Spike and Angel? Is it Spike and Xander? Is it Giles and Robin? Is it? (laughs) Fuck. Uh, Is it Ethan and Ripper? Is it Forrest and Riley? Fuck, Ethan and Ripper. Fuck. Um, okay, so when you say best bromance, do you mean the one that I I like that I want to have on my bed bedside table? Is that how we're choosing this? <laughs> sure, sure. However you interpret the question. <laughs> for the listeners at home, Jenny looked so embarrassed for a second. She looked at me like, nah. no, I didn't. <laughs> no, no, no. That was my. Ah. I'm raising my hands like it's whatever you want it to be. I. Oh, Ethan and Ripper really threw me because I was. I was Angel. I think I was going to go Angel and Spike. I think I'm still going to go Angel and Spike, actually. I think I think uh, Angel and Spike is my favorite bromance. I got to go Spander. Mm. They've been through so much. Mm-hmm. They were roommates. <laughs> uh, you know? They were. Spike was tied to a chair for a while. <laughs> uh, Spike wore some of Xander's clothes that one time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's really a, good stuff. There's a lot. There's more holistically in that pairing, uh, for sure. I just, I think that I think what's really amazing to me about Spike and Angel is that I think that Spike is like a full, fully a bottom. Just like every relationship we've seen him in, he is like, please, I would like to be a bottom. To tell me what to do and how to do it. Except I feel like with Angel, he would be a top, which is why I'm into it. <laughs> The only the only vamp that could bottom for Spike is our boy Angel. Okay, all right. Um, that did, are we ending sexy? Is that your last supernaturalative? I've got one more supernaturalative. Okay, we've seen a lot of couplings over the course of this glorious show, Kristen. Mm-hmm. But 
for every coupling we have seen, there must be at least 10 couplings of which we were deprived. Which coupling were we most egregiously deprived of? Well, does Buffy and Faith count or are they canonically a couple? <laughs> uh, that's for your interpretation. I, you tell me. I, I would say that Buffy and Faith are, I, I think that they are at this point in our universe canonically a couple, but in the show, <laughs> they did not give us that. And that was highway robbery. That was, so that was wrong. Fucking bullshit. So I pick them. That is an excellent choice. Uh, in the interest of diversifying our portfolio, uh, I will not agree. Well, I mean, I will agree with you in that you're correct. But also, I would put forth for your consideration the would-be coupling of Willow and Anya. Oh, yeah. Yes. A hundred thousand percent. Definitely. Uh... It would be so awkward and so funny. Oh my god, it would be great. So fucking funny. Willow's like uncomfortable embarrassedness and Anya's absolute forwardness and matter of factness would be such a delightful bedroom pairing. I agree. Yes. Um, Wow. Did we do it? We did it. Thanks for participating in the supernaturalatives, Kristen. (laughs) Thank you so much for all of the work that you put into making them. You did a fantastic job. Wonderful question. I've been studying my whole life, (laughs) preparing my entire existence for this, for this moment. Um, Okay, so now that we've all had a great time, uh, I thought I might share some of your feelings, the listeners, um, if that feels like a good place to go, Jenny. Yes, please. Today's episode is brought to you by Care Of. Hey, it is fall, my favorite season, and also a very good time to reset, to think about the changes that you want to make in your daily routine, to better your health, to just make yourself feel good. Care Of makes it super easy. They ship high-quality, personalized vitamins, supplements, and powders conveniently to your door every month. All you do is you take a short, in-depth quiz about your lifestyle and your health goals for a personalized recommendation, and you let Care Of handle the rest. They give you the tools and the products to feel a difference in your health routine, like their free app that gives you daily reminders to take your vitamins. I need that so badly. I can't explain to you how helpful it is. (laughs) Uh, And also rewards you with exclusive discounts and merch. This month, Care Of is launching their Gut Musts line with products aimed at managing bloating, gas, indigestion, and weight. Gut health is foundational to your overall health, and it influences areas like sleep, weight, immunity, and your mood. I have used Care Of for several years at this point. I love the services that they offer. I love the fact that I get my vitamins each month, and if I make changes, then I can change those things for the next month. It's also really nice to know that the vitamins that I'm taking are individually tailored to the things that I want um, and the things that I need and my environment and all of the rest. For 50% off your first Care Of order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code BUFFERING50. That's TakeCareOf.com, code Buffering 50 for 50% off your first care of order. If you listen to our finale uh, in the intro, we gave you a little link to fill out a form if you had some questions for us or some feelings. And I went through them all today and 
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Clearly, uh, we don't have the the space here to to read and share them all. But a resounding theme was uh, folks writing in to express the ways in which the podcast has um, changed their lives or helped them get to a place in their life, or helped them move through a time in their life. And so I just wanted to share a couple, which will not at all be like a full um, exemplification of like the many ways in which this community has like changed other people's lives. But I thought it was a good little collection. Okay? Okay. Okay. So Mara uh, from Scotland Uh, wrote in to say, hey, Kristen and Jenny, just wanted to say thank you for changing my life. Got into the podcast very early after being a longtime fan of Jenny, and it has been one of the few constants in my life. Listening to you be so unabashedly queer and open helped me to realize a lot about myself. You probably don't remember, but I emailed you once around the time I realized that I had been wrong when watching Buffy as a kid. It wasn't Xander I identified with. It was Willow. I am now, thanks in no small part to your pod and the community around it, living my life as a somewhat confident and unabashed trans lesbian. So thank you for everything. Until next time, the truth is out there. Yes. Yeah, and like that is that is one beautiful note of of its of its theme. Um, there was literally another person from um, Scotland who is eighteen and at university and uh, wrote in about how they are happy and queer and the reason that they are able to like lean into that is because they listened to us talking about being queer um and and like how cool that is to have had a place where Jenny and I can just exist and other folks in our orbit can just exist but it's on this platform where people can listen to it because so much of figuring out who we are and feeling like we can be who we are is seeing other people who are being who they are. Um, and I think, you know, for both you and I, Jenny, that's been such a big part of the work that we do in all of the spaces that we do it. Uh, but certainly here it's been a big deal and really cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Nathan wrote in from Pennsylvania Another another sort of a, a similar thread, but in a different place and said, first off, uh, congratulations on starting, plowing through and making it to the end of this insane venture. Secondly, as a straight, cis, white male, I would like to take a moment on behalf of all of my lecherous, misogynistic, money-grubbing, power-hungry brethren to apologize. Sincerely, <laughs> for everything. <laughs> 
I've been along on, <laughs> I've been along on this ride since early 2017 and had no idea upon finding the pod just how deep, delightful, informative, alewives anyone, emboldening, cathartic, and life-affirming this dive down the hellmouth would be. I knew it would be fun, but I got so much more for just being here with you. Um, so, you know, sort of like the other side of that coin, it's like there are also a lot of folks who like came along on this journey with us. And I, I want to say, I mean, I know that you all know listening that we both feel like this, that like we didn't do this. Um, like we did, we did not uh, change Nathan's life or uh, Mara's life, like Jenny and Kristen. Um, the, this work and this conversation just like built something that was way bigger than us and really powerful. And I think that like a lot of the, a lot of the straight white dudes who have been listening and who have stuck with it because we lost a lot. Listen, we lost a lot of straight white dudes, okay, <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> a lot of them jump ship. But the folks who stayed, like, to examine stuff, like, that's really fucking cool. And you've seen Jenny and I do similar things inside the pod space of, like, this is hard and makes me feel feelings so I could, like, walk away from it or turn my back on it or I could, like, you know, dig in a little deeper and see what it teaches me about myself um, and what have you. So I thought that that was a cool thing to share. Um, Buffering the Vampire Slayer. It's not just for queers. <laughs> As I always say. We are. We are definitely trying to make all of you queer, but uh, you do not do you do not need to We're be only queer so powerful. to attend. Exactly. Um, and then the other, I, I, have, I have two more um, emails, but but one more in this vein of like, we talk into microphones about this show that we love. You listen to us do that. And you listen from all corners of the world doing all sorts of things. Um, like one of my favorite things is like learning that truck drivers listen to us. I guess I should have known. But for some reason, that will delight me until the day I die. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, but Jen wrote in um, from Connecticut and she said, um, I once wrote in showing my love and appreciation for this space when I restarted listening to the show from episode one after receiving a diagnosis of an early form of breast cancer. No. Yes. Over this past winter, uh, listening to this show gave me a sense of comfort and eased the tension from a very unsettled time. I write in now saying that I've had new scans done and they've come back clean and are normal. Yes. Which is good. So thank you for being here and in this space. Being there as support over that journey, I will be ever grateful. Words can never fully describe the emotions, the gratitude, the appreciation for everything this space has done. Uh, the next journey will be just as amazing once you awake from your naps. From the first to the final awoo, thank you. Um, so, you know, it's just fucking rad. It's like, the, wow. yeah, we live in a time when there are a lot of ways to connect and that's like what being human is. Right. I think anyway, like the biggest part of being a human mm -hmm. being is like the deep need to connect with other human beings and, and share and dialogue and like learn from your differences and feel powerful because of your shared experiences. And this is just one mode of doing that in a time when there are many but it's just really fucking cool. Yeah, it really is. It's just always been so fucking cool to yeah. hear from you all. Yeah. Uh, Y'all make us feel extremely awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I'll say this here as well. Like, uh, clearly we get a lot of emails um, and there's no way to like respond to them all. But I will say that probably the most meaningful emails we've ever gotten are the ones that are the least responded to because they are so big and we read them and we sit with them and they become like a part of us. And it's it's like so hard to even 
form words in reply. So if you happen to be listening to this and you are, you know, someone who share, we I've had people share about like losing siblings or parents or, you know, just like all manner of things that Jenny and I read those words and we cry together and we take deep breaths and we don't always reply because it's so big. And so just know that like we, we have heard and held um, what you've shared with us and it, and it, sort of is this like invisible braid that happens as the work continues where it's like part of it and just keep, you know, it keeps um, sort of like lifting and informing what we do and how we do it. Yeah. Um, all right. So two more things. One, I want to say that at the finale, uh, we were gifted in this vein Um Many of you wonderful folks made Jenny and I each a Sunnydale yearbook that is full of letters and photos that you all shared that were then like printed out and like laminated and put inside of this yearbook for us so that we have keepsakes of um, so many of your journeys with the pod and what have you. Uh, It is such a beautiful gift. And I was saying to Jenny before we started recording that I have not opened mine yet because I literally like I need to take some deep breaths because it's so overwhelming to bear witness to like this community. Um, And I can't wait to open it and to be able to open it and read it like at all different times in my life moving forward um, and remember the time that like we had together in this space in this form. I've been training uh, since I've been home from the finale. I will open up the book. I will read five words. I will start crying and I will put the book away. And then the next day, I'll go back and read six words before I start crying and put the book away. Uh, So sometime, you know, in the next two to three years, I think I'll be able to get through the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. By 2025, we'll definitely have read all of the letters. Oh, yes. Uh, I just want to end this little segment of this curtain call episode by reading um, a note from Ken that I thought was a really beautiful summation. Um, Ken uh, is in Portland and they said, hello, Kristen and Jenny. I came up with an analogy to express my feelings about the podcast ending and I wanted to share that analogy with you both. Something you most likely know, but that I would like to remind you of, is that when otters go to sleep, eat, and occasionally swim, They hold hands so they don't float away from one another. Oh, yes. This is referred to as a raft. Whilst buffering brought this community together and kept us afloat during global and individual hardships, as a raft would, in its absence, we can be like otters, holding one another's hands so that we don't drift apart while we and team buffering take a nap. Thank you for everything. Here's to the next chapter. Ken! Ken notably always destroying me with their words. This is not Mm -hmm. the only time that I've been just simply destroyed by Ken's words. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, My goodness. Yeah. So that was my feeling section, Jenny. Do you have any uh, last thoughts, any guttural sobs, anything you'd like to share out now that I've shared some some of their feelings with you? (laughs) uh just like uh how dare you yep thank you yeah uh you're magnificent all of you yeah yes yeah okay let's take a let's take a detour let's go to um to talk about music for a minute jenny uh i think sure 
I, I would like to say here in a calm, quiet space, um, you did it, Jenny. <laughs> How does it feel? Ugh. How are you feeling? I suppose I did. How are you feeling now that you have done the thing that you thought you might never be able to actually accomplish? Um, I feel, you know, in a state of disbelief. I feel relieved. I feel uh, so proud and so happy. Uh, and also like, you know, I'm like in a weird sort of stasis thing where I feel like I've been paused and at any moment someone will unpause me and I'll have to write another 160 songs about <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, it's definitely one of those things where I'm like, surely I'm not free of this. Right, right. Well, it's been it's uh, this been... thing that I have loved. Of course, but also that has been, you know, a require like just a more a more consistent series of deadlines than I've ever had in my life for so long, like six yeah, years. So that's that's I mean, you know, how long do they say it takes to like start to make a habit like 30 days or something? Mm -hmm. So like think about how many 30 days you've had of doing this thing. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's that's an interesting way to think about it. Yeah. Maybe I will keep writing songs about Buffy. I won't be able to stop. <laughs> um, I, I have a question from um, Sierra in Seattle that sort of is, is a little more specific to this end, which is, uh, Jenny, I can't believe you wrote and produced with Kristen and special guests over 150 songs about Buffy in the last six years. Uh, Sierra asks, how do you think that making these songs has changed you as a musician? There's three questions here. How do you think that making the songs has changed you as a musician? Did you learn anything new through the process? And would you recommend that any aspiring musician try to do the same? <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, take me back through slow. What's the first one? How do you think making these songs has changed you as a musician? Oh, okay. I think that um, when we started the podcast, I had done like a little bit of home recording mostly for demoing and and um, simpler recording projects. And I think that just jumping in the deep end and deciding that I was going to write, arrange, record, produce, and mix the vast majority of the songs that we were going to make um, was a real trial by fire kind of situation. So I feel like, and it was it also coincided with us moving to Los Angeles when I really started doing a lot more session writing. So I yeah. feel like those two things combined really did a lot in my brain uh, with regards to songwriting. Uh, I think people talk about songwriting a lot like, um, like, you know, it's like going to the gym or whatever. It's mm -hmm. like you build the muscles you work on. So like, I think from a writing perspective and also arranging and producing and mixing, I have I can't, I was gonna say I'm better at it. I'm de definitely could say I've done a lot more of it than I had six years ago. Um, but I I think that I did a demand. It gave me the opportunity and also demanded that I work on those skill sets. Mm -hmm. And um, I am stoked about it. So I, I think it's definitely been a really valuable experience and also been a really fun one. I mean, I think like the other thing about the buffering songs that's different from any other songs that I had made previously really 
um, is that like sometimes <laughs> sometimes they're goofy. Sometimes they are, you know, they really lean into the genre show aspect of Buffy. Sometimes they're more emotional, like Jenny songs. Mm-hmm. Um, but the vast variety, the array, the sprawling horizon of possibility of this world and and writing a song, committing to writing a song about all of these episodes and finding different ways into them and different ways for the arrangements and production to support whatever angle I was writing from for a given episode. Like all of that has really uh, fed into my general, you know, just sort of artistic base, I guess, uh, as a musician and artist. Um, Okay, question two? Well, question two, you you may have also answered as a little nesting doll um, from question one, because question two is, did you learn anything new through the process, which I feel like you, you were just yeah. talking about. Yeah, well, I mean, trial, error, and also just like learning things in other people's studios, like while in writing sessions, like that was, that's something that like, I really took away from doing so much session writing like seeing how other people work how they produce how they arrange what their tools are Mm -hmm. what their tricks are all that stuff I mean by trial and error and you know um trying out other people's methods and things I've learned I've like forgotten more than I than I knew before you know what I mean in in preparing for the finale show I had to go back into sessions for various songs to be like what is that what is that guitar part that i played? what is that and then i'd like be going through track by track like what the hell is this synth i have no recollection of coming up with this oh my god what's this thing over here it's just like you know because of the volume and the sort of freedom that i had to do whatever for every song uh you know i inevitably did got up to all kinds of stuff that that I wouldn't necessarily have found my way into if I was just working on my own personal music yeah uh so I cherish do you (laughs) and am thankful for all all the things that I've worked on do you think also that like um I'm just thinking about the hard deadline of it all like that like you know usually as a songwriter you have sort of an open-ended, not totally open-ended, but like way more open-ended amount of time to come back to a song, to think about what you do like yeah. and what you don't like. And so I'm just wondering like what that, you have to turn it in by this date yeah. uh, was like well, for you. <laughs> that does kind of ensure that they would get written. Um, <laughs> I do like to have a period of sort of gestation and, you know, reconsideration. But I think from around when our episode for once more with feeling came out Mm -hmm. from there forward i was probably working on a one to two day turnaround from like starting to write a song to delivering a full recording because once more with once more with feeling broke my brain Mm -hmm. and (laughs) i was never able to fully recover yeah uh (laughs) it's like um it really got the music part of things really took a a similar trajectory to that um that film what is it six days to air uh yes right the the if you haven't seen it the creators of south park is sort of a documentary on 
how when they started making the show, you know, they'd have like two weeks or more to like storyboard and blah, blah, blah. And then they, and it was like one less day, one less day, one less day, one less day until it was like literally they would turn in an episode and start on the next one that would had to go up live, uh, you know, six days later. And that's like, I mean, you know, Jenny, you and I, I think went through a journey with that too, because it really took me until season seven to just let go. Um, because in the beginning, <laughs> you know, when it was like the podcast goes up in a week there's no song it was like what's happening and then you know Jenny just kept doing it and so by the time that we got to season seven you know you would text me and be like hey I know it's Sunday but I'm gonna start the song tomorrow and I was like cool cool just let me know what you need (laughs) fucking Monday (laughs) let's hit the ground running on Monday we're gonna write the song on Monday and then Jenny's gonna record it on fucking Tuesday and I'm gonna pop it in the episode Tuesday night and then out into the world it will go yeah, well, I mean, the, you know, and that's another way that like session writing is like really helpful because the vast majority of writing sessions that I've been a part of, you know, you finish the song by the end of the day. And sometimes right. you go back and edit or whatever. Sometimes the song's just done. Yeah. And knowing that a song could be done in a day uh, and like having so much practice at working towards that was really helpful. And then having the prompts and, you know, knowing I'm not starting from nothing writing a buffering song I'm like thinking about the episode thinking about the characters thinking about how I'm feeling after watching it you mm-hmm. know and kind of going from there which is enormously helpful yeah well t- will you tell me Jenny and I'm I will contribute to this as well of course but like a- another big thing that I would imagine goes on your board of learning is normally you are working with folks who make music when you make music Um, but when we started working on songs together, I had never worked on music and still my only experience is inside of this space, but I would love to hear from you what that experience was like, um, you know, from, from 2016 to 2022, having my face involved in the process. Yeah. Well, I think it was very difficult at the beginning because we weren't speaking the same language. Mm -hmm. Um, but we evolved we developed a shared language you became more savvy and learned how to talk about specific things and identify what it is that like maybe you didn't like about a certain instrument or effect or whatever whereas like when we first would start <laughs> when we first started out like it would be I would show you something and it would be like I killed your cat like you were like (laughs) your feelings were hurt by my choices more often than not with reverb (laughs) but you didn't know how to even identify what was bothering you so Mm -hmm. there was a lot of a lot of figuring that had to take place over an an extensive amount of time yeah, I mean, I think like shared language and lack of shared language is like the the biggest piece of that because it's like, you know, me looking like my my cat had just been killed. It definitely like when I think back on that, it's rooted in this experience of like there's nothing more frustrating than wanting to say something and you don't have the way to say it. So like I couldn't I didn't have the way to say what I wanted to say to fix the thing that I um, was hearing, which was like this compounding frustration of like, you know, and then on top of it all, 
then not having the language often made a really, really rough dynamic for Jenny and I because, you know, Jenny had just worked on this thing that was like very good. But because I couldn't communicate like the things that I was hoping to shift a bit, I think you for you, it felt like I was saying this is bad, which really took a long time to to unpack and figure out. Yeah. Cut to season seven, I think episode 21 song time. I send Kristen a song. She's like, hey, I think you need to EQ the tambourine a little bit differently. It's like a little bright. And also you could change. You need to just like smooth over the vocal comp uh, on the word gray the second time it happens in the song <laughs> at minute, you know, at the minute marker 212. <laughs> Look how far you've come. It's been so fun. It's been so fun. And like, you know, I think that the place that like we were collaborative from the jump that that has been really satisfying is just like lyrically. Um, You know, that that is a place where I think it was really easy for you and I to come together. And I think I've talked in pod before about like the fact that when Jenny and I first met, a thing that we would do all the time was crossword puzzles. And like, you know, for those of you who do crossword puzzles, it is a puzzle. It's not you don't need to know the answers. You just have to figure out you have to crack the puzzle and that's what like what have you and we were we would just have so much fucking fun like you know with two fucking pencils and one crossword like figuring that shit out and that energy like that fun that we had then with that I think was exactly what was happening in like a lyrical space where you know it's I think I think my my a big presence that I felt like I had often was like you know, you would know, like, you want to say a bunch of things and you have uh, clearly, I think one of your biggest musical gifts is your uh, writing that like the lyrics that you write are are stunning and gorgeous and have been forever and just kill people all the time. You know, you just murder people all the time. (laughs) Um, But you, I think, can get overwhelmed with a blank sheet of paper. And I am so like grid based that a lot of times the songs would start and Jenny would be like, I just don't know. And I'd be like, okay, what do we want to say? We want to talk about Giles and how he made Buffy feel in the first verse. And then the chorus is like going to be this kind of a deal. And then the second verse, we can talk about like how Buffy is feeling about this other thing and what have you. And then we would be like off to the races and Jenny would write beautiful lyrics and get stuck on a word and we would uncrack that word together. Um, Really satisfying and like really cool, a really cool way to like sand out partnership, I think, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for letting me write songs with you. Thanks so much for writing songs with me. A lot of people would pay really good money to write songs with Jenny (laughs) O'Neill. And I didn't have to pay one penny. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, But really cool. And like, you know, uh, uh, like I think that we've talked about some of the behind the, the scenes stuff with music. But it's also like as a person who's not a songwriter, um. It, it's I've always been really jealous of like the experience of, of like having feelings and then getting to like make something really beautiful out of those feelings like a song spe- really specifically a song like I, I love music and um, I think the the experience of getting to take some of my own feelings and via Jenny like hear them back in a song was one of the fucking coolest experiences of my life. Um, mm. Really, really very special. Um, that does sound cool when you put it like that. <laughs> it was. It was really cool. Um, hundred and do you know the final number? What is it? One hundred and 
no, because the there's more than 144 even episodically. Um, yeah, it's like 160 something. 160 something. 160 something um, plus jingles. Thanks, thanks for giving us a soundtrack to uh, one of our favorite shows. It's pretty rad. I can't stress this enough. My pleasure. <laughs> All right, let's move to the future um, because I know, you know, I'm not, the, all of your questions are certainly not going to be represented represented here, but we haven't had like a calm space to talk about our plans for the future. Uh, we just sort of like yelled at everybody in Brooklyn and threw up some logos and everybody screamed yeah, and, yeah, the, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. so plans for the future plans. What's going to happen? So the the overarching thing, of course, is that we are rebranding our channel, uh, buffering a rewatch adventure. It's really nice, Jenny, that the title that you thought of for buffering the vampire slayer <laughs> is so versatile and can be applied outside of just slaying vampires. Um, <laughs> we, of course, want to keep doing a version of what we've been doing with you all uh, into the future. So the idea is that this is a space where we watched Buffy together, a, a show that Jenny loved dearly and that I enjoyed but had only come recently to, uh, and that we will keep rewatching shows with you. So um, the the next big show, Jenny, is one that you love um, so, so yeah. much. You talk about it all the time, um, and yeah. I have never seen it. Incredible. What are the odds? Actually, pretty good. You haven't seen most things. That's true. Well, we're watching The X-Files. We're going to be watching season one of The X-Files next. Hell and yeah. our podcast will be called The X-Files because actually we are divorced from mm -hmm. each other. Yeah. We got we, are exes. we got divorced from each other uh, as a business plan, actually, so that yes. we could um, start this podcast in 2023. Yeah, uh, have a zippy little name for it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so Buffy, I had seen, although only one time, but the X Files, I am not going to watch any of until I am potting about it, which will I think be fun. So exciting! Yeah, I. I did make Kristen watch the pilot just to make sure that she was into it, even though I had very little doubt that she wouldn't love it. Um, I had very little doubt that she... Okay, I, that was... I can't even... My brain, like I said, it will never recover from before. <laughs> so let me just tell you, I was pretty sure Kristen would love it. There we go. But she watched one episode and then she was like, oh my God. And then she was like, I was like, don't watch anymore. And she was like, but I want it. I know. I'm so sad. I'm just like waiting. I'm just like gazing at the faces of Scully and Mulder waiting until yeah. it's time to journey with them. So I'm really excited uh, for you to watch this show for the first time and to get to ride uh, alongside you while that, that's happening and to get to talk about it and stuff. It's pretty, pretty thrilling. Yeah. It's going to be very exciting. Um, the only things I really know are clearly I understand the bisexual power of uh, the two lead characters uh, in the universe. And Jenny used to tell oh, yes. a story about an episode where there were cockroaches that crawl underneath somebody's skin. 
Oh, yes. So I remember that. And then one time um, for a Halloween, I called Jenny and I said, we don't have a costume. This was before buffering, clearly, because we would have had a plan. Um, And I was like, we don't have a costume. Are the X-Files files? And she was like, what are you asking me? And I was like, are they like files? Do they go in file folders? Is that why it's called the X-Files? She was like, yes. And I was like, cool. What if we just get two manila folders and strap them to our faces and we can be X-Files? And Jenny was like, that is very good. And we should do that. And so I bought us manila folders. And then you wrote two of your favorite cases on them. And I don't remember what they were, but do you remember what they were? I do, but I'm not going to talk about them yet because- it might be a spoiler. Okay. 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 Um, so, th- so that's like the the most knowledge I have about the X Files, and I know, that, of course, that um, Scully is very doubtful, and Mulder believes, and I think there's something um, with Mulder and his sister and aliens. Is that okay to say? Mm. Yeah. I can't wait to find out if you're right. And there's a smoking man. Uh... There is a man who smokes. This <laughs> uh, is yeah. This is so exciting. So we're gonna be, you know. Getting into that sometime. Right. Sometime in 2020. We've had picked it. Here's here's the truth. We had picked a date in 2023. We were like, this is when we'll launch it. And we'll tell everybody this is when it's launching. Right. And then I was like, Jenny, I think like maybe the only way to actually feel like we're going to get a beat of rest is to not actually put a date on it and to like stop what we're doing and not know. And then come to the knowing later because, you know, it's just a different energy. It's like if we know that, like, this is the date that the X-Files releases, then we're going to be scheduling everything accordingly and what have you. So we have given ourselves a bit of an open landing pad. I don't know. Which I think is the right choice, but also, you know, very recently for the the first time in at least 10 years, I went 24 hours without receiving a text message from Kristen Russo, and it (laughs) felt highly unnatural (laughs) i didn't like it jenny was like i like the eyeball emoji and then hello remember me your business partner and i thought i was wait i would literally i haven't even said this to you yet but i was just waiting for the question of like did we do this or do you have this or did i or can i or whatever i was just like are you alive (laughs) like there was no question and i was like do you miss me no, I wouldn't say that I miss you. I just would say I'm adjusting. Yes, you wouldn't to what say what has become an unnatural way of life. You would not say that you missed me, but I <laughs> know how to read Jenny speak very mm, well. Yeah, you'd interpret it that way. I'm uh-huh, sure you would. Uh huh. I do. In fact, it is factual. Jenny Owen Youngs missed me, Kristen Russo, after 24 hours of my absence. Um. So yeah, I mean, so like oh. sometime in 2023. 2023 is not that far away. Correct. Sometime in there, uh, you'll you'll see a little trailer appear, and mm-hmm. it'll it'll be all like, bing bing bing, flank 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 flank. Yeah, Jenny, and you'll be like, ooh, flashlights, investigation, etc. You have to write the theme song for the podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Leave me alone. That's exciting. Yeah, I'm actually. I've been like, oh, thank God. There's there needs to be theme music because I'm like, my idle hands are yeah. in danger of becoming the devil's playthings. <laughs> 
so yeah, so so in 2023, and I would wager to guess that it will be, you know, in the in the definitely the top half of 2023, and probably uh, even the top quarter. But um, we'll see, and we'll let you know more. Uh, that will that will happen, and that will come into all of our lives together. Um, but. You know, buffering. This is really the the last formal episode of buffering the curtain call episode, and it's airing October twelfth. Um, and so the feed. I mean, it's just not it's not good practice to have the feed just be empty. Um, and so our our plan to sort of like uh, tether us from Buffy to the X Files in twenty twenty three is to actually release um, a podcast that we've made already for our patrons where we rewatched season one of Yellow Jackets, um, a very a really fun experience making that podcast with you, Jenny. Uh, yeah. It was really cool because it was so different than anything we've done. Ten episodes, um, massive, massive amounts of information in each episode to unpack. And so we did not go scene by scene. We um, sort of like took it uh, like one plot chunk or character at a time. Um, I'm so sorry for saying plot chunk, which is a... Yeah, that is an unfortunate combo. Horrible combination of words. <laughs> but... um. But we will be re-releasing that or like releasing it for the first time to the public um, this winter. And so we're, you know, we're just going to hang tight and see if any news comes out about Yellow Jacket season two that might impact like timing so that you all could like rewatch it before the premiere of season two. It might not work out perfectly, but definitely pretty soon you'll be getting those um, Yellow Jackets. The podcast is called Doom Coming. Um, Jenny says that word by saying Doom Coming. Um <laughs> Ish. I can't just I can't just do it on command, Kristen. It needs to be <laughs> specific to an episode. I need to be I feel called right. to say it when uh, I say it. So yeah, so that'll that'll be in your feeds in the interim. Um and we did get like You know what should be in the feed in the interim, Kristen? What? A little mini series of micropods where I tell a famous or classic story. Like one episode could be the lady with two pennies. One episode could be the girl selling the flowers. One episode, uh -huh. for some reason, the three little pigs is coming to mind. Uh -huh. I don't know if that or there Little was, Red Riding Hood. There was a matchstick. I think uh, somebody had that's a the girl selling flowers. Oh, is she selling matchsticks? <laughs> this is <laughs> it's a spinoff. Okay. She used to sell flowers, and now she sells matchsticks. <laughs> She's selling flowers to buy matchsticks to, buy matchsticks. to sell. Uh -huh. She's getting everything wholesale, but she's like, you got to, you know, snowball your investment. But the girl with the matchsticks is also the girl that has a blanket over her head, right? Like, that's the... That's the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Definitely. Um. Yeah, great idea. Uh, cool. So, anyway, um, Doom Coming will be here in the next, probably the next few weeks, really. Um, it'll We'll start releasing those episodes. And um, we have a new logo for that, too, also done by Devin Power, who did the Buffering uh, Rewatch Adventure logo for the feed itself, the new X-Files logo once that show starts um, rolling into your feeds, and uh, a new... Yellow Jackets logo for our or a new Doom Coming logo, I should say, for that little that little mini pod. So so those are like some main feed plans. Um, and then 
Um, we got a question from Heidi, uh, who wrote in from Norway, which I think is, is a question on, on folks' mind as well. Um, Heidi said, will you keep a small strand of Buffy the Vampire Slayer alive in your future work? Occasional Buffy watches, buffering song streams, proms, etc." Yes. Yes. Yes and yes. Yes and yes. Uh, there will be proms. There will be song streams. We'll be doing group watches with Patreon. Uh, we'll even, are you ready for this? Be doing a little bit of uh, coverage of season eight, the comic books. I don't know. I know the that I make a lot books. of weird pauses. <laughs> I know that I sometimes have a funny sort of rhythm to my speech but that was <laughs> beyond <laughs> we'll be covering we'll be making uh podcast episodes as we explore and experience season eight to begin with in the comic books um it's a little it's a little sticky because these comics are now out of print because dark horse had the license for what like 15 years or something 20 years uh but no longer. Boom! Boom's got the license, and they're and they're kind of like recreating the stories and and right. uh, just like doing some really cool reimagining stuff. But what we're going to be looking at is uh, are the canonical comics, mm-hmm. which came out on Dark Horse, starting with season eight, which will be we'll be making those podcast episodes specifically for our patrons. Yeah, yeah. And, and in case you're listening to this and you're like, but where do where do I find that? Our Patreon is. Uh, just patreon.com slash buffering cast and everything all of this is buffering the vampire slayer um dot com and actually bufferingcast.com goes there too uh, and you know uh, Kristen russo i don't know if you've heard of her but she has a lot of work to do on um restructuring the website and rebranding the socials and doing all that kind of fun stuff so good thing i came up with all the supernaturalatives for this episode <laughs> To balance the scales. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So so Buffy, like that's the thing. And also, you know, I think you if you're listening, you probably know this, but Jenny and I are also writing a book. Um, and books take a, a minute to write and then several minutes to, to actually come out after they've been written. <laughs> so that that book won't be in your hands um, until probably uh, late 2024. Um, but we are working on a book and, and that book is is really telling the story of our journey through the series um, as two people who started talking about the series married before the 2016 presidential election uh, <laughs> and sort of like navigated uh, politics and uh, divorce and miscarriage and all other manner of life things, reconciliation and new family structures while journeying alongside Buffy and um, her community uh, and, and and like sort of like inside of our own community. Very like uh, very Sebastian reading about Atreyu vibes in our experience. You know, like very, very much like we're eating the peanut butter and jelly sandwich in our house. But like then we're reading about Buffy and like we're like, well, how is it possible that how is it possible that Angel has broken up with Buffy and our marriage is ending? That seems weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll be working on on that book and um, 
you know, certainly even if the only um, big things happening Buffy wise right now are like the watches that we do with Patreon and the comics and things like that. Um, once we are getting closer to the book coming out, there's going to be sort of like a bigger heartbeat of Buffy again because we'll be about to release a book about it all. So Buffy's not going anywhere. She never does. That's right. Come on. That's right. Um. All right, Jenny. Well, we talked about the future. We talked about our future plans. Uh, the, the, some of you have questions about like the store. Is it going to go anywhere? No, it's the everything. The, the stuff is going to stay where it is. I mean, you know, products will change and things will happen. But like we're here. We're here for the long haul. Um, and, you know, we'll be talking to you more about all these things as they happen. Yes. Um, all right. Do you want to hear my feelings about you? I do. Okay. She I wa- think I do. She wasn't sure. Do I? But I think so. Um, I just, so, okay. So I've been thinking about this over the like course of the last couple of months. Um, <laughs> one of my um, favorite quotes uh, from a movie is from the um, very well-respected film, Shall We Dance? Starring Richard Gere and um, J-Lo and Susan Sarandon. God. <laughs> Okay. Um, and and I've been thinking about it a lot because, like, as we previously mentioned, Jenny and I, were, we began this journey in this podcast, Married. Uh, and so I used to talk to Jenny about this quote all the time inside of uh, inside of a marriage the way that she, you, like, understand a marriage, right? Um, but I'm going to read the quote, and then I want to talk about it for a second, okay? Mm. So this scene is Susan Sarandon thinks that Richard Gere is cheating on her with J-Lo, but actually Richard Gere is getting dance lessons to surprise his wife, Susan Sarandon, um, with the ability to dance. I've spoiled the movie for you now, but, you know. (laughs) Um, So Susan Sarandon's character is, like, sitting in a bar with this private investigator that she's hired, um, and he asks her, why is it do you think that people get married? Um... And she says, because we need a witness to our lives, there's a billion people on the planet. I mean, what does any one life really mean? Uh, But in a marriage, you're promising to care about everything, the good things, the bad things, the terrible things, the mundane things, all of it, all the time, every day. You're saying your life will not go unnoticed because I will notice it. Your life will not go unwitnessed because I will be your witness. Uh, And I love it. I think it's really beautiful. And uh, when I heard that, it was beautiful to me inside of a marriage. Um, But as I've journeyed with you, Jenny, I have continued to think about this this quote and like the nature of relationships and um, the nature of like our relationship. And in this space specifically, I feel like um, we are not married anymore, but in this space, in the buffering space, we have been witness to something that only you and I know what it can feel like to experience. And it's Mm. just, it's, it's been really moving to have that experience with you outside of the context of our marriage and, and like after a divorce, because I think, as as a queer person, I'm always trying to like un undo the the structures that like you know we were taught to understand. Like this is how you have a relationship this way, and this is how you have a relationship the other way. And so I just thought it was really cool as I was thinking about this quote. Like you know, Jenny and I are still witnesses to each other's lives in a different way, of course, a very different way than we were when we were like in a marriage. But like we see each other and we are the only two people that are inside this podcast looking out. Um, in the way that we do. And so I just wanted to say that I love you and um, I care about you. And I'm really, really thankful that 
despite, because of, whatever you want to say, uh, everything that we've been through, that we've managed to still remain like witnesses to each other's uh, lives in a lot of ways. And best friends. <laughs> yes, Jenny likes to say that she's my best friend. But I am just... No, I just, I just upped the ante, Kristen. I, I just evened the playing field. I got, Best friends. I got promoted. Wow. The fucking feud between the Angel on Top girls and us is over. Jenny has accepted me into her life as her best friend. This is going great. What's next? Who you knows? Know? Who knows? Um, some kind of commune for sure. <laughs> uh, I just want to say that I think you're okay. Cool. Great. Thank you. And then I think it's like pretty cool <laughs> that we get to do this, that we've gotten to do this, that we're going to do more stuff, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, that nothing can actually defeat us <laughs> podcasting. <laughs> um, it's very cool. Yeah. And I'm so happy that uh, we get to do this together and that we are best friends <laughs> uh, uh, and and that we you know and that that um making this also has brought all of these incredible people into our lives yeah and our spheres um it's just such a such a blessing i've really just had so much opportunity to really zoom out lately mm -hmm. with all this, these acres of free time on my hands <laughs> since I'm not making a song constantly uh and it's just like it's just really really overwhelming can't think about it for too long because then mm -hmm. I start to get upset um mm -hmm. but it's it's really just been such a such a gift and a privilege and an honor and a blast yeah yeah all that all that all those things um we are Thankful for all that you all have given us along the way, including the relationship that we have now, which came because you were here listening to us. And correct, it was really, really hard. But sometimes when something is more beautiful than the hard thing, you hang on. And that's what we did. Um, Indeed. So thanks. Thanks for the best friendship that we now have, according <laughs> to Jenny Owen Youngs on yes. October 4th, 2022. <laughs> Mark your calendar. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I I don't I don't know if we should howl out, Jenny. I did. I feel like we did our final I've howl. Already said for the last time. Yeah. So um, we can just say I think that we love you and um, please, if you don't already, um, and you use social media, follow us on social media. If you don't like social media, you can sign up for. Uh, on our email list on the website, it's right there for you. Um, and, you know, we don't send out like regular newsletters or anything, but definitely when we have big news, we will be sending things out. So if if you want to follow us that way, you can. Um, or you can just be like really, really quiet and listen and you might hear what comes next. <laughs> And just how heavy things can get. Bows and albatrosses around my neck. Feeling like I'm the only, only one who's down on the floor. But I don't have to be.
Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.